This is Suzanne York from Humans Optimized. We believe that advances in technology, coupled with elevated human skills, create immense opportunity in the future of work. Now, with the upheaval of COVID-19, our future has quickly become today's reality. Through the uncertainty, fear, and concern of the pandemic, we find stories of human resilience, innovation, and hope. Join us as we share our experiences, discuss what may be ahead, and explore together how we can come back stronger than we were before. Well, Suzanne, thanks for having us on your podcast, but I wanted to interview you and ask you uh, questions about um, like how all of this started and and really your heart and your goal in where you're headed with uh, your work. Because some of it was so inspiring to us that we were like, we want to work with her and partner with her at The Art of Growth. So how was it that you ended up founding Humans Optimized? Well, it was a journey in itself, but the real catalyst for it was after 20 years in corporate America, needing to change how I served as a mother as well as contributed to society through my work. Mm. Throughout my career, my 20 years in corporate America, I had been on some incredible teams, and I'd been on other teams that were really challenging. And those two experiences, well, more than one, but those the differences among those experiences caused me to get really curious, like why in some cases was I thriving and in other cases I was merely surviving in my mm. work world. And so I, I read a lot and I did research and I talked to a lot of people and I examined what was going on for me and for others. And that's when I came across this idea of team performance and that there is a deliberate way to enable people to come together to succeed around a mission that they could never accomplish on their own. And through that research and team performance, it became very clear to me that high-performing teams are clear on their mission and also committed to one another. Not committed to the mission because the mission could change, but they had developed deep relationships with each other, had high trust, camaraderie, and communication that allowed them to work together towards accomplishing a greater goal. Yeah, because they're not just there for the relationship. They do want to accomplish something. Absolutely. That there is that that aspect of it. And so I'm guessing in seeing some of this, you're seeing, A, what helps these teams succeed, but also like what's getting in their way. Without a doubt. So the enablers and the derailers became very clear to me. Huh. And it, it is both. You're absolutely right. Teams come together because they want to accomplish something. Otherwise, you're a work group or you're just a group of people trying to exist in some way together. Yeah, it's like a club. Yeah. But, but it's tr- mission-oriented. Exactly. Yeah. A true definition of a team is that they have a mission and they're interdependent on one another to achieve that mission. Ooh. Say that again. So they have a mission yes. and they're interdependent on one another to achieve it. Ooh, that's good. And this is a definition that's out there. Amy Edmondson is um, a front runner in the the conversation on teams and has offered that as a definition. And so that interdependency is what makes it so complex. Otherwise, if we could do our own thing and still accomplish a goal, there wouldn't be a conversation about team development and team performance. But when we need to bring people together with different skills and different lenses through which they view the world and different motivations, it's being able to harness all of that in service of a greater goal that allows us to achieve what, what we're setting out to do. Or if we don't harness it, we end up failing in our mission. Mm. What do you think is one of the top things that gets in the way of being able to accomplish a mission? 
Lack of awareness of yourself and each other. I think that's a really big one. And that coupled with lack of clarity around what is the, the goal and what is my role in it. So who am I and what am I doing here? Yeah. I and mean, those are two questions that drive all of us, period. I mean, human yeah. humanity in, in general. It's like, well, who am I and what am I doing here? And if you're on yeah. a team that can't help you answer those. Right. Well, and I believe in the work that I do that people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves and that they show up to do good work. You know, maybe you might have someone who's looking to mail it in, but that I don't believe that that's the, the human spirit. And yeah. so if people really do want to be a part of something bigger and they want to do their best, then it's about creating the environment in which both of those things can happen. And for leaders, that's hard because humans are complex um, and unpredictable. And as a leader, we're also bringing our own views of the world into the mix. Yeah. And so helping leaders and helping teams better understand why have they come together and what is, what is the role that they play within an organization that's different than any other team. Hmm. And having that clarity of, hey, without us, this company can't do something. And then cultivating in a very deliberate way how we relate to one another. It's funny. I know you ask this of teams when you work with them. So I want to ask you sure. this question, which is like, what were a couple of the elements of the best team you were ever on? Oh, yes. So best team for me experience, um, it was a large scale change that was happening at a global organization. And we were really clear on what it is we were trying to accomplish and why. Mm. And that why tends to be forgotten. You know, people will say, hey, we're going to, we're going to, our, our mission is to get to that mountain over there. Well, that's what you're trying to do. But really getting people clear on why you want to go to that mountain, that will move people to action because it taps into their emotional reserves yeah. in a way that just convincing their head doesn't do. And so we were clear on what we were doing and why it was good for the organization. And we did deliberate work around making sure people understood their roles and what was expected of them. So a lot of the concrete structures were were addressed up front because we had a, a, a set of initiatives we were trying to accomplish in a specific amount of time. So it was a two-year project that we needed to get done. And so the, the structures and the concrete nature of how we were going to work together were addressed up front. Hmm. And then we did some really deliberate work to get to know one another. And we did everything from using a psychometric tool to doing charity work together, community service together. Um, we had a lot of shared meals together. And these are the things that feel ancillary or secondary, but they were primary in the ability for us to come together and work together as a team. What you just said reminded me of like psychologists. They talk about these different groups that have ex that exist all throughout the world. And so, you know, you have like the the individual. You have the nuclear family. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of focus on that. And then you have um, the crowd, which is the much larger group. And our society doesn't really function that well or have a lot of these like smaller teams of like you know 20 people. But what binds a group of that size? is this is a mission. And a lot of times they'll call them like a missional community. They're mm. a community of people that have a mission and they need to have that together. But we don't really create that in our society outside of the work domain, even though a lot of other societies do. But there's something unique about uh, a team that that is actually the best size group to, to create change. Mm. The crowd actually can't do it. 
but it's that size group that can actually do it. It takes a certain energy or a certain group to create that kind of a change. Definitely. I see teams as being a real critical unit of change for a broader organizational transformation. When I've done uh, large-scale change initiatives, we usually start with what is the organizational plan, and you're looking across a significant group of people. Mm. And when I was doing that, I was seeing parts of the organization that were really adopting these changes and parts that were not. And that underscored for me the importance of the team because as I zeroed in to say, hey, what's working and what's not working, they're getting the same communications from our engagement plan. They're getting the same opportunity for training, but the adoption wasn't there. And in the teams where you saw higher adoption, it was because they were being very purposeful about, well, what does this change mean to us? How are we going to to indoctrinate it into our ways of working? Mm. And how are we going to help others do the same thing? And they were having deliberate conversations about it, not just assuming that the individuals were assimilating the changes into their daily routine. So what happens? Why is there a breakdown in in one aspect of the organization who's not focused in working out the mission and one that is? To me, it's when the leader takes the time to be deliberate about it and Mm -hmm. helps the team carve out space to talk through, you know, what will be different now that we have this new information? How are we going to change the way that we work or the way we communicate? And does somebody's role need to change because now we need to do something different? And how do I tap into that person's strengths to to bring to our our smaller system a new way of working? So that really does pair nicely the who and the what. Yes, absolutely. And that's where understanding the individuals as well is really integral to getting this group of people to work together. So a team is an entity in and of itself. Where it's not just a group of individuals, it takes on its own personality. Mm. But inherent in that is the ability to know who am I, how do what do I value, how do I want to show up in these interactions with other people, and then how can I learn similar things about the people that are around me? So what do, what does Jim value, for example, and what motivates him, and how can together we learn how to flex our own needs in service of the other so that we are getting something greater out of the combination of us. Yeah, and flex for each other for the the goal of the mission. Yes. I think a lot of times that's what really is great because a lot of times when there's conflict, it becomes the me versus you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were working with a an organization, and it's like a you know a billion-dollar pharmaceutical company and they're like, you know, almost half of our energy goes to interpersonal conflict. And so it's when it becomes the me versus you versus the us, us taking on the mission, the external thing. And that must, that has to come up in the work as far as like we're, we're trying to point the group towards the what, the pointing the who towards the what and getting that really squared away clearly. Yes, absolutely. And I do think mindset plays a role in this too. There are there are times when um, people take on a zero-sum game mindset and a scarcity mindset. So for me to do well, someone else can't do as well. Mm. And so letting go of that and embracing an abundance mentality of we will all benefit from this mission and I can be I can be good at what I do while you can also be good at what you do. So our strengths can coexist together versus having having the need to have someone outshine someone else. Well, how do you see competition playing into that? Because there's um, what you just said made me think of like there's aspect where the zero-sum ma- game is, is kind of an, a motivator of competition and we need competition in order to thrive. But there's also a way where it's actually impeding success. Yes. 
Well, there's healthy competition and there's destructive competition. So a healthy competition is where it brings out the best in each person. And the best for each person is different based on how they're motivated. And so for my definition of success is going to be different than your definition of success, which means we can both be successful if we can come at it from from achieving our, our goals as individuals. So meaning for me, much of my success is in how we work together as, an, as a team. So it's not just that we've achieved our mission, but did we connect as people along the way? Did I enjoy the time that we worked together? And so my ability to achieve success in that space and have that moment, that might not be as important to someone else who is more about efficiency. And so allowing the two to coexist, like can we connect as humans and be very efficient, both of us feel great and we didn't have to compete for that moment of success. Yeah, and I think when we look back at the things that we value as successful, we talk about about the success and we remember it it and it stays with us. We never just tell the story of the finish line. It's mm-hmm. all the how we got there. Yes. Um, I remember I had wanted to score a film that opened in theaters like for years. And I remember the first time I'm sitting in a theater and I see my the name go up and then it vanishes. And it's like that moment was complete. But all the most beautiful moments were like the interactions with the people on the team behind the scenes as we like made the thing. Yes. So the making is just as as much a part of it as the product. Definitely. No, absolutely. The story is of the whole, not just of the end result. And I think that's what, you know, you've even talked about that. Um, I've heard you talk about like the the great work, the kind we really celebrate is it's a celebration of the whole process and not just the completion of it. And it takes every single one of us to do it. Say more about that. So someone might cross the finish line, and but that person was never alone. And so for us to be able to be successful, it does take all types of people with all types of motivations and all types of of strengths and abilities. Um, And they're not all necessarily apparent to everyone. They might be more behind the scenes. Yeah. So shifting gears slightly, what is the first thing you start thinking about or what's on your mind and what are you looking for when you first set foot in a company to work with them? It's the clarity in mission. Do you know where you're going? And whatever word, mission may not apply, but what is your reason for being? You know, why is this Why is this company or this team in existence? And is there clarity around that for the people that work together? And then is there, do you have the structures in place to allow people to do their best work? So meaning, do people know how they fit into that bigger vision? And are they able to align their individual values and goals with the work that needs to get done. Um, And so for me, it's the both and. It's the, do you know where you're going? Do you know how you want to get there? And have you engaged people to do what they do best in order to achieve that mission? So that feels really high level for me. And part of me goes, yeah, okay, get it. But I'm like, okay, can we break it a little bit further down for um, the people who are less familiar with that kind of understanding or language? Yeah, absolutely. So anytime that a group of people are looking to work together as a team, the first thing that happens is what are we trying to do? So what's the purpose of this group of people coming together? These these are resources. They're going to spend time and energy. You know, what are we doing together? It could be as detailed as you want that what to be. Mm. And have it 
have a purpose to it. So well, why does that matter? So if you were, let's take really concrete, if you were to come together in a meeting once a week, having clarity on what's going to happen in this meeting and why should we be there? I mean, that's one of the first things I would look for is can people consistently articulate the, the answer to that question? You know, what is this the purpose of this team yeah. and this the reason for these people together and why does anybody care yeah. about it? And like how like where do I fit in this? Yes. Where do I fit into like I'm I can play this small role and what would be missing if I wasn't present? Right. I would imagine that's part of it. Yep. And what are my strengths that that make me well suited for that role? Hmm. Um so the role might need to be filled, but I might not be the right one to fill it. Um, and so it is about all three. It's getting, it's getting people clear from you know an intellectual standpoint on on where we're going and why. It's getting people connected to the mission and the people involved, and it's giving people the tools to actually do the work. Um, and that tools could be knowledge, it could be resources. Um, so it's looking at all three of those. Like, do we know where we're going? Do we are we connected to it emotionally? And do we have what it takes to get there? So, so many companies, they often start and then they're doing well for quite a while. They might have a lot of success, um, but then something happens and it starts to not go so well. And there's so many stories of that. Yeah. What do you see as uh, a key component of that breakdown and how could it have been prevented? There are a lot of stories and probably a lot of reasons. Um, but for me, when I think about that scenario, the questions I would ask is, did people stop listening or stop innovating? Did they rest in a place of success and feel like it was going to last forever? Mm. It's about staying relevant, staying relevant not only to your consumers but to your employees, continuing to ask the hard questions. Is what we're doing, does it still matter? Is how we're doing it still the best way to do it? And is who we're doing it with, are we bringing the, the best out in them? Um, and are we really listening and really being present to the opportunities around us? If you had been there in 2008 when BlackBerry was having their meeting and someone walked in and they held up an iPhone and they said, what are we going to do about this? And people in the room said, well, that's not really what we do. What would you have said in that environment? I would have said, well, find me the people who know more about this and why somebody else out there is choosing to do this. You know, what problem are they solving that we haven't realized exists? So I would tell them to get curious, Ooh. get really curious about what someone knows that you don't know. That is a fascinating thing. Like if you want to actually move to your next level of success, like you got to get really curious. Yes. Assume you don't know something that someone else does. When you believe you've got all the answers, you stop asking the right questions. Ho oh, ho! Man, there's a slam dunk. Somebody tweet that. Somebody yeah, there, I'll turn that, that into a tweetable moment. <laughs> that's a very good moment. Yeah, because I think that's the whole thing is you see people who they succeed and they fail. And it's just like, well, that's not what we do. And if, if the curiosity is not there, if there's a breakdown in curiosity, that's where most breakdowns in relationship happen too. You start to go, well, this is the way the world works. Yes. And you don't get curious enough around the who. And if you don't get curious around the who and the what, like that is a guarantee for failure. Yes, absolutely. So curiosity is one of my favorite words, um, and I believe it's what we need going forward to stay relevant. But I, that's, a, that's a great thing for teams, too, is they're often 
most people think they see the world as it is, not as they are. Yes. And what actually helps break through that is the incredible curiosity of each other. And when that gets dialed up on a team, there can be a ton of breakthrough. Yes, without a doubt. The minute we stop thinking from our lens and start thinking from others, it can really unlock collaboration. Yeah, there's a key. That's the key. Yeah. How does that play into the key of the mission? So I believe that curiosity is important for the mission as well, especially when we think about the fact that we might need to change our mission along the way. Mm. So if you set your sights on a goal and the context around you changes and you don't reevaluate the service of that goal, then you'll be off path because the path changed. And so staying really curious and awake to the context of your mission and adjusting your mission, and that really is the definition of being agile, is I think that this is what our mission should be, and I need to continually evaluate whether that mission is the right one and be willing to change course if new information tells me otherwise. So it's really keeping curiosity at the centerpiece of both the who and the what. Yes, yes. Because we change every day. The mission changes, who we are changes, because new information gives us an opportunity to grow. Yeah, that's really good. How do you think uh, the mission has changed in the light of our current reality with COVID-19 and people working remotely? A lot has changed, and this is going to impact the mission of, of companies. Yes, so much has changed. And when I talked about the the elements that enable high-performing teams. I talked about a clear mission. I talked about the structure in which they can work and then the connection with each other in order to be successful. Every single one of those elements has now shifted. Mm. So the mission that we had just two months ago is likely no longer the mission we need to have to get through the next couple of months, including the reentry and the recovery and rebuilding phases. And so for teams right now, it is about redefining the mission. And that mission might only last you for a week at a time. So it's about remembering I need to, as a leader, reestablish the mission for this group of people and do it regularly and do it with the new information that you're getting as our landscape changes every day. Then the structure of the team completely changed. Now we're all working remotely. And there's one element of that that's interesting for me is remote work before usually meant that some people were in the room together in person and some people were dialing in remotely. Not always, but that tended to be the blend. And with that came a set of challenges that now that everyone is remote, it's an even playing field. Mm. So we have an opportunity to redefine how to work together when everybody is dialing in and everybody is disconnected from a physical standpoint. And so it is about being deliberate in those conversations. Well, how do we want to work together now that we can't just stand up, go for a cup of coffee together and connect on something? So work as a team to find new ways of connecting when when you're apart. And let those people shine through who have a a natural tendency towards connecting others and have them create new ways of doing that, whether it's informal Zoom meetings, not just the formal ones, Mm. or informal chats through text or WhatsApp. You know, let people's natural tendency to connect others shine through when your structure has completely changed. Um, You may also need to address people's roles in this and give people a sense of how they fit into this momentary picture as well. So to me, COVID-19 has introduced the need 
to revisit all of the elements of what makes a high-performing team so that we can do that in this moment of time and not take for granted that we can move seamlessly from the way we were working to the way we need to work to the way we want to work. That is really good. Suzanne York, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on your show today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Jim Zartman, thank you for your your questions. You are uh, masterful at the interview, and so I appreciate it. It's so great. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love to share your stories to help all of us come back stronger than we were before. For more information and to contact us, visit www.humansoptimized.com. (laughs) 